Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. We just keep coming. You can't keep us down every goddamn day. We're coming up and filling up your YouTube. But today, look at my freshly cut brother. Look at that hair. Look at him. Tremendous. I, I, I'm I'm looking a little bit better than Louis Dan oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna accept the fact that this is a is this a, a, a botch. It's not the level of a revolution. Hey. But there we go. There we go. We saved the day. Yeah, when Louis doesn't come in and sort the back end out, I forget shit. Uh, anyway, here is SB3 alongside me with his great new cut. And yeah, it's been a, a delight to get you back here, my man. You obviously filled in for Louis uh, a couple of weeks ago. There have been some switches around. Here he is, though, on his day, Wednesday, SB3 day, True Hill Heat. Uh, how are things going, man? Going well. I, I finally rested up yesterday after a long revolution uh, weekend. We did a couple of live streams, podcasts. I had Steph Chase on True Hill Heat over the weekend. So it was a busy weekend, but now I'm back on Wrestling Daily. It's a Wednesday, and you know what that means. Me and my brother from an Irish mother back at it again. <laughs> I do have an Irish tattoo on my arm, but I can't be asked to take my jacket off. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I like it, by the way. That like my wrestling daily co-hosts are filtering out into each other's shows. There's other brands everywhere, right? <laughs> Steph, Steph Chase doing her thing. True Heat is flying. What more could you want? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, speaking of wrestling daily co-hosts, you may have seen, guys, that we are opening up Fridays in the near future to guests co-host so similarly to how i wanted sb3 to have a chance initially and steph chase like we thought it would be cool instead of having louis do double duty uh we'd have everyone have one slot and then the fourth slot go to a special co-host every week you know so names like denise salcedo and sean rostap of course we're going to reach out to those guys and get that make that happen but also was you know curious and keen to get the opinion from you guys, who do you want to see? Who do you enjoy seeing on YouTube or reaction on Twitter? Or, you know, yes, I want people in the wrestling space, but even if there's really cool fans that are good at what they do, put them forward too. Like anybody can come forward. Uh, I'm just very keen to get a good list going. And we're going to build that. We're going to you know, maybe work hmm, two months, maybe in advance, where we're going to book 
who's going to be on the show so you'll know who's in the house. And I'm excited about it because that's what it's all about. SP3 will attest to this. I'm very much all in for giving people a chance and letting them be heard. So hopefully that's what can happen with this show, man. Like Maybe SP3, just maybe. Now, this is me talking here. I, I wouldn't mind like a Chrissy Love or, or a Chris G. I, I I wouldn't mind that at, at all. I've been trying to put over Chrissy Love and more female representation in the in the wrestling media scene. And she's a woman of color. So I would love to see that. Hey, listen, man, I'm going to Vince McMahon you. I'll come to your territory and I will cherry pick that shit. Don't, don't be careful. <laughs> I, I, I'm OK. I'm OK. I'll Paul Heyman. As long as we we have a mutual beneficial relationship, I'm fine being the Paul Heyman to your Vince. <laughs> I'm swearing too much early in the show. I'm too excited. I'm excited when SB3 comes on. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, listen. This show tonight, you can see by the title, we're talking Hall of Fame. And of course, there is some interesting things going on with that this year. Right? It's twofold. Yes, we know some people from the 2021 class, but it seems the 2020 class as well are going to get enshrined in the same night. My God, if there was a Hillbilly Jim speech, we'll be there for days. Two inductions. Classes in one night. Esprit 3, tell us about what we should know thus far. So the ceremony is going to be on Tuesday, April 6th. It's going to be exclusively on the Peacock Network as well as WWE Network. For, for the people that's a little bit slow to transfer over, I think I think you have until that weekend to kind of make the, the move over. But it's gonna they say it's going to be exclusively on the Peacock Network. So I would get a Peacock account for that. Um, and they announced that the first inductee of the 20. 20- 21 class is going to be none other than Molly Holly. Yes. I am ecstatic about because Molly Holly is the probably the most underappreciated woman of like the the 2000s era of WWE. Like versatile. She, let me tell you that. Versatile. Yes, she did. She had great characters, whether she was uh, Mighty Molly or whether she had the short hair and was Karen before Karen was a term. <laughs> so, so yeah, Molly Holly is so underappreciated, so underrated that I am so happy that she's a part of that class. But we're also going to be honoring, like you said, the 2020 class, which includes Batista the NWO, the Bella Twins, and the British Bulldog. And ironically enough, I interviewed Georgia Smith, the daughter of the British Bulldog. That's going to be up on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel this week. Uh, JBL as well, Justin Thunder Liger. That's what the two, I think, I believe that rounds off the 2020 class. Obviously, Molly Holly is just the first announced for 2021. You know how it goes to WrestleMania. Every week, they're going to drip them out. And I'm sure they'll be filtered through the press uh, as WWE likes to do. So, yeah, I I mean, man, I'm so excited to see Molly Holly go in. Um, You know, the dedication. So women's wrestling back then, obviously, is very different, goes without saying. But to make sure they had a spot in WrestleMania, she volunteered to shave her head. Right? That is dedication, guys. And, you know, she went ahead and did that. And... You know, she obviously she's a great worker. She's given back to the industry in terms of training schools and things of that nature. But if you see Beth Phoenix's induction speech, which I did share today on Twitter, how Molly Holly paid for her to get into the business for her first training school and all of that stuff. Like she's a legend beyond what you even saw in the ring. And by the way, how old was I? 12, 13 year old me. I, mate, Mo- Molly Holly was hot. <laughs> I had I had the hots for Molly Holly. <laughs> Teenage Al Mac. 
I was like, ah, oh, Molly, Molly. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought she added a great dimension to the Hollies at the time. And then with the yeah. stuff with Hurricane Helms, uh, it was awesome, man. I'm, I'm so pleased for good people. Good things to happen to good people is always, always great, man. So I'm, I'm delighted with that news. Who else do you think, SP3, if you had to uh, you had to throw some names in the ring? I mean, not going to be Christian. But, yeah, uh... I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? I mean, it really depends on if they want uh, Batista to still be the headliner because there's a def- there's like a couple of different routes they can go down if they want like a big time headliner because it's going to be the biggest class ever. I think the obvious choice is the Undertaker. You just did the farewell, kind of put another stamp on it being the end of his uh, career. He can be like the headliner for the 2021 class. I think that would be the best choice because you kind of just lost out on a. Uh, two choices for you to put into the 2021 class. And I wouldn't be surprised if when Christian asks WWE, you have any plans for us? Well, we need a spot for the 2021 uh, Hall of Fame class. We would love to have you for that. That would be great. I, I could totally see that. And I could totally see them doing that with the with the big show. Because when you look at Legends Night, he's like the only one outside of him, Mickey James, Alicia Fox, that is not in the Hall of Fame that they would have done that. And I could totally see them saying, Alicia Fox, you're not going to be in the ring actively anymore. Let's put you in the Hall of Fame this year. But because they already have a female, it seems to be like they they have the AEW Dynamite type of thing, one female match. They have mm-hmm. one female inductee in the, in the Hall of Fame. So that kind of takes away Alicia Fox. So I'm kind of intrigued by who's going to be a part of this class. I think it's going to be an assortment of old names the Undertaker, and maybe a new name or two. Yeah, I have a few thoughts. So, and and this again is like WWE logic playing, swirling in my head. Uh, WrestleMania is in Texas the year after, right? Yes. So there's a part of me that thinks this is already loaded. Have the Undertaker in Texas. Like, let the Farewell at Survivor Series breathe a little bit. And, you know, when you can have a real Hall of Fame with fans, that's what you do. Because... yeah. I don't know if they're actually going to have them with fans because presumably it's going to be in an arena setting. So probably not. And uh, yeah, I I just think if you're going to do that, let the undertaker have the proper hall of fame, you know, not not to diminish anything that's going to happen for the guys this year, but he's already done the in front of nobody goodbye. Um, So, you know, let, let that for Texas, I think, Um, man, there's a lot of options. I think the warrior award needs to go to Shad Gaspard. 1000%. Like, you know, what he did for his son, I think is, I can't even put into words how remarkable that is. So he needs to be celebrated in some form, some kind of fashion. Uh, and I, you know, they probably wouldn't put his career on merit. And I mean that with the greatest respect into the Hall of Fame, but they need to celebrate him. That's my yeah. take on that. Um, so hopefully that happens, man. I'll, I'll hopefully his family gets to smell the roses and you've got JTG doing the speech and stuff. I could just... Yeah, that that was it's hit me in the fields right now. It hasn't even happened. Yeah, but, um, I, I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, I, I, like I, I said, in terms of like headliners, I just don't know how much loaded you need to be more than the NWO and Batista. I think you just need to load it up with some divert, deserving individuals, and there are like a, a a ton of guys out there. But there's a myriad of reasons why some of them can't go. Like Owen Hart, for instance. We all, everyone in the you know every WWE fan would like to see Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame. But we understand, or we should understand, why that can't happen. Um, So, I don't know. Like, again, I think The Rock, for instance, right? Again, 
Hollywood in a couple of years, probably do it there because he'll probably have a match there with Roman as well. And it'll be the whole like Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels thing where you're inducted before probably The Rock's last match. Um, So I think there's a lot of different things you can do with the Hall of Fame. Do they need another like loaded headliner? I mean, it won't hurt, but I don't think so. Not because if they're not selling tickets, it doesn't make sense to load up on another headliner. And you're actually right. Like Dallas, that's going to be a big time WrestleMania weekend. That's going to probably be the WrestleMania weekend with uh, more of a capacity than what we're going to get this year. They said they're going to have 30,000 on both nights. So I think they're going to have more for Texas. They need a big headliner for there. So it makes sense for the Undertaker. Two that I just thought of, though, for this year. Because WWE hasn't had the chance, you know, they had their online type of stuff, but on on their television, they haven't had the chance to celebrate him. Brody Lee, have the have the new day induct him, have his son oh, there. That would yeah. be a great a great thing for them to do. And one that we recently saw, Carlito. They they didn't use him for the backstage role, but they may say, We want to honor your career. We want you to just come out for the weekend. We need to add the numbers. You had a great career. Let's celebrate you. Listen, I love Carlito. Do you think he had a Hall of Fame career no. in WWE? No. That's what I'm yeah, that was my but 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 Coco Beware didn't. Uh there's a bunch of them in the I mean, <laughs> you know, like uh I remember like when Rikishi went in. And like to me, like, I loved Rikishi, right? In the Continental Champion and stuff. And you know, he was fun, but it's like I don't know, that's debatable, I guess. Like I'm not saying, you know, before anyone says anything, I'm not against it. I'm just saying, like, when you think Hall of Fame sometimes, you have to always remember that it's super, super subjective to just basically Vince McMahon, right? Yeah. Like um what he deems worthy or who he appreciates, because you know, we said it earlier, there's Hillbilly Jim. There's a, a, a litany of people that, you know, and it works the other way, by the way. Like, I would argue that X-Pac should be in there on his own. Yeah. And yet he's in there going in there with NWO and he's in there with the X. But, like, he can't get in there on his own. Like, um, Eric Bischoff should be in there. Sorry, he should. He should be in there. That's true. And he should be with the NWO. He should. He 100% should. Because because I think this is just set up for X-Pac to be a three-time Hall of Famer because they're going to induct him as the one, two, three kid. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, the only reason I ask that about Carlito and even, like, reference Rikishi, like, when you think Hall of Fame, and, and again, like, I'm going to reference other sports here, like, we're talking, like, the top bracket. Like, the people we're saying are headliners of the thing, right? It should be them and people that really made an impact on the industry, however it be, like, world title, you know, and I'm so world titles and impact of the two measuring sticks, really. Yeah. Um, and in other sports, you know, you look at the NBA, you've got to be someone who's, you don't necessarily have to have won a title, but generally speaking, uh, and you knew whatever your points, you know, your influences were on the game. So I, I don't know. It's a, it is an interesting one. Um, oh, Scope says, oh my God, no, um, no, X-Pac should not go on his own. The one, two, three kid was pretty revolutionary, my friend. Yeah. Um, he made a big impact on the business at the time. It would be argued that he was the first star they made on WWF Raw. Like everyone else that was a, considered a star on WWF Raw during those early months was already a star. Shawn Michaels was on his way. Undertaker was a star. Bret Hart was a star. The first star that they actually made was One Two Three Kid getting the upset on Razor Ramon. That's like everyone. The, that's everyone like the first Raw moment. That. Yeah. yeah, everyone remembers that moment, right? Where Razor Ramon put over one, two, three, kid, and the uh, after the pin and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, 
again, this is another muddy thing. It's like, well, how many rings you want to give people? Um, but I would have rather he had he had got it on his own, really. I think it's weird if you're in groups and get it, but you don't get it on your own, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, again, all the uh, theatrics that come with the Hall of Fame are, are swirling in my brain right now, and I'm just saying things. But um, there's a lot, obviously, to digest, and I think there are a lot of de- deserving individuals. I want it, you know, you want every performer to be able to smell the roses, right, to enjoy the fruits of their labour. So, uh, yeah, I hope that there are some some people out there who who haven't been in there yet that, that do need to go in there. Like a cane is, you know... Why he while he's mayor, like is that maybe off the table? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I, he's certainly deserving. I would think that they would put Kane underneath the Undertaker. I think they would, same they, card. yeah, maybe the same card or one year after something like that. Because, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, do you think Kane is like a Hall of Fame headliner though? No, probably not. But... I mean that's really harsh on him because he did. A, he has had a great career, but I think a lot of his career is tied to the Undertaker. So yeah. like, it's it's different. I don't know if that's even fair to say, but he's had a great career. But is it the same if the Undertaker doesn't exist? Yeah. Yeah. But really think about it. They're kind of running out of Hall of Fame headliners because we just named you know the Undertaker for sure is a Hall of Fame headliner. Brock Lesnar, The Rock. Uh, Triple H when he eventually hangs it up when he's like 65, 70 years old. Um, Vince, if they decide they want to put Vince in, he definitely has to has nah, to have that on his own. You know, um, you know? I, I think, I'd, well, you know how uptight he is about the rules of the Hall of Fame and not, you know, the man who shan't be named. Um, I think it'll be a, you know, um, posthumous, I think that's the word, uh, yeah. induction. So I think that would probably be that for Vince. Although I think it actually would be cool, like for all the visceral and hate that Vince does get sometimes, I do think it would be cool to stop and maybe appreciate what he has done for the wrestling business over the years um, Yeah, for all his sins. But certainly he's, he's made, you could argue he's predominantly shaped the landscape that all of us love and enjoy today. You, you can make that argument. So... Yeah, uh, one yeah. day, but like you, you said, right? Like, there's, I mean, they're not, they're never running out of, of headliners, but I know what you mean. Like, in the next few years, I guess you would have to go like Taker, Brock, obviously, at some stage. You've got Kane, is he a headliner? Mm. Mm. Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar will be whenever he yeah. ties it up, but I don't know when when that will be. Um, is you know, Ray Mysterio a headliner? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The way they treat him now, that's the whole that's that's my thing because yeah. maybe a, a couple of years ago I would have said, yeah, I think Kane is a headliner because of his longevity in the company. You know, he was a part of Team Hell No, which was hot at one point, like five, six, seven years ago. So I could probably see like maybe he could be a headliner, but now I'm like, no, no, he's not a headliner. Big show's another one, like six, seven years ago. I would have said he was a headliner, but now oh, no. I don't know. I mean, again, like the big show's body of work and kind of like, you know, the big man in the industry. Yeah, yeah, I can see, I see what you mean. Um, I don't know, though. Like, I don't know if he's... It's so hard. I don't want to say anything too harsh. But um, I think for Rey Mysterio, he, like, he absolutely is a headliner. Like, you know, we're talking about impact on the business, not only the body of the work that he's done, but he probably is the most famous luchador yeah. in mainstream like history so he's changed the game in a lot of ways he translated the best of anyone to the main stage 
I think you have to say like he is a headliner. Um, and people would, you know, be crazy for it. I mean, the same as Kane. If they announce Kane as a headliner, right, like three or four years from now, I don't think people are going to be like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> like, but I know you. I do know what you mean, though. He he is to me. He's not the bracket of like Undertaker or, no. you know, um, I've, I've been to two Hall of Fames. I was at the Hillbilly Gym one. Um, <laughs> so Goldberg was a headliner when I went. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that ironic? Um, and Kurt Angle was the other one, which was yep. amazing. Like that. That's so. Like to be fair, like even to be fair to Goldberg here, those two feel like they would be headliners, right? Like I, I get that. Um, if I look up and down the roster now, and I'm thinking about people who are heading towards retirement. Or at least part-time status where you could have them as a headliner. Cena? Yeah. One hundred percent. Orton? Yeah. I don't know when Orton's gonna wind it down because he still moves great. But exactly. um Yeah. Him. Uh you know, Christian would have been a shoe in. Someone like Hurricane Helms was really influential I was on thinking, the cruiserweight run. I was thinking this year, maybe they that might be someone else that they add to the to the list for 2021. Plus, he has that connection with Molly. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that you could kind of make a case for, I guess. Like if, if MVP had never come back, I would have, you know, I'm glad that he did now and his case is even stronger. <laughs> but um I would he would be someone else that I would have gone. Yeah, because again, I felt like he was a big deal around his time. I feel like there's in fact, I don't, you know, it would have been a, it would have been the same Colito discussion before this run. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's cemented who he is now and his influence and stuff. But there's like a group of guys like Mr. Kennedy, right? I'm talking that era, like Kennedy, Carlito, MVP from that years, yeah. where, you, where you think they were meant to be more than they were, and they were good, but like, did they have Hall of Fame career? And again, just through a WWE lens, it's hard sometimes. Uh, the the Hardy Boys could be headliners one day. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know when Matt. You know, we all know the AEW disclaimer here, but the Hardy Boys one thousand percent could. I don't think it has a tag team headlined yet. I don't think so. I, I know a group. I know DX headlined two thousand nineteen. I mean, right? so that's a stable, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. as as a true tag team, I was there when the yeah. Dudley Boys got inducted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they had that amazing moment where Edge Hardy Boys. Uh, I do think the Hardy Boys could headline one year. Even yeah. Jeff, would you say Jeff would headline? Yeah, I was thinking that. I was. I. I think that possibly they could do a, a Jeff by on his own headline. I could totally see that happening. Someone I thought of for this year, uh, Gangrel. Sure. Gangrel, have Edge have Edge induct uh, be be the person to induct him. Kind of kind of like a stick it to to Christian. Like this could have <laughs> been you. This could have been you. <laughs> I, again, like I think Carlito is actually probably more deserving. I don't know why yeah. I'm using Carlito as my bar. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Like, you know, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, imagine WWE did that after years of come on, get Christian in there. Um, but yeah, I, I do think you know that Melina was saying this to me in a interview the other day. There feels like she she or she said there feels like there's a gap of the women from who were around who should have been in the Hall of Fame by now that aren't. And she did name Molly Holly. So it's good to yeah. see that that's obviously now being corrected. But it's interesting, you know, like, I mean, Melina's not in there, I don't think. Like, 
um victoria's not victoria well wow she should definitely be in there mm-hmm. uh jazz no jazz is um not. but then would wwe put someone like a kelly kelly if they put in they might, kelly, they might though that's what i'm saying they might if they put kelly kelly in before victoria <laughs> I, I am over i'm not i'm not having discussions on no Hall of Fame on the show anymore. I'm like, I'm, I'm over that conversation because li- literally, <laughs> we're, we're, deba- we're debating, we're debating if Carlito deserves to be hall of, in the Hall of Fame. What Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame? I've literally gotten debates with people before. Like, like uh, I'm going against my blackness by saying that Coco Beware <laughs> is doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Like I was, I was a kid when Coco Beware was on the rise in WWF. He didn't do that much. Like, I know he did a lot before WWF. I know my history. And, yes, his career before the WWF deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But that's not what the Hall of Fame is about. It's about what you do in the WWF. There's 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 people that they kind of go between the lines, like a Vern Gagne, you know, for their time outside of the company. But for people that were in the WWF and WWE, they use their time there. And Coco Beware does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listen, as Uptown Navendale states here, they should have Kenny McIntosh and Dr. Kelly, Kelly or Andy Datsun. Kenny McIntosh gets shoot hot when you talk about Kelly Kelly. He hates her. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not going to get into Kelly Kelly too much more. You, you watch you shoot if you want to know about her. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, let's just go down that list of women. Like again, uh, Caitlin. Um, there's there's a lot on my list before Caitlin. Exactly. Though, yeah. And AJ, and AJ Lee is before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if they're if they're serious about paying homage to the women's uh, evolution, revolution, whatever, um, evolution, you have to acknowledge her and do yeah. like a sensational package. Really, she's one of the main instigators. Yeah, Paige, Paige as well. Paige she, is another one. You know, Paige has done like a lot in terms of you know she was the first women's NXT champion. Um, but, you know, breaking down those barriers, winning the title on her first night, and all of that stuff. Like you know, she had a great career, unfortunately, until what happened. Um, I don't know if she'll ever make it back or not, but I think in the meantime, it wouldn't even hurt to give her the nod. So, no. um, there's a lot. There is a lot of women. Like you know, I mean, Mickey James is a walking hall of famer. We've yeah. we've said we've long suggested that people will make the case for Alicia Fox. You know, being the first. I see your face. I know, I'm gonna, you, you can get your black card out again now, right? <laughs> she was right, the Divas champion, and I do believe that was she like the only black Divas champion. I know Jacqueline was the women's champion, but Divas so. champion. So, so that's a, it is a yeah. milestone. It is a milestone. It is. Um, so yeah. Uh, oh wow, Jeffrey Bauman just made a great point. Should be regal. Absolutely, yes. should be regal. That's a tremendous shout. That is true. Um, Man, there's loads. We've wasted like half an hour just going, should this guy? Should that guy? Um, listen, let's segue away from here. We were talking about this before the show, SB3. We were asked today on Twitter to talk about the New Japan Cup, right? Uh, yeah. so the brackets are out there and everything's going on. Give us the lowdown. I do believe it was fifth generation Carney Joseph with it. That's the name. Yeah. Um, who, who made that uh, request. So... Please, the viewers, SB3, tell everyone what's going on with the New Japan Cup. Well, New Japan Cup is usually the first tournament of the year for New Japan. The winner of this tournament will verse the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Koto Ibushi at Sakaro Genesis, which is going to be in the beginning of April. So we're down to basically the sweet, the sweet 16 of the tournament, uh, the second round action. I know coming up, we're going to have Jeff Cobb versus Evil, which should be a really, really good matchup. The matches that from the first round that you should definitely go out of your way to see is Minoru. Suzuki versus Honma. Honma, uh, Tomoki Honma has kind of been, you know, lingered with injuries over the last couple of years, like neck injuries and whatnot. This is probably the best match he's had in like five, six years because him and Minoru Suzuki just went out there, beat the crap out of each other. It's a Minoru Suzuki type of match. And the words, I think it's Maddie the Hot Scott, you know, stiff as a horse <laughs> type of matchup. That's the match you want to see. But the best match I saw from the first round was Shingo Takagi versus Kazuko Okada. It was a rematch from the G1, one of the best matches of the G1 last year. And they definitely had the best match of the first round. Shingo Takagi got like a huge upset victory, which was sold greatly by the Jap Japanese commentary because uh, Kevin Kelly does his English commentary a day after. So if you want to watch it live, you got to hear the Japanese commentary and the way they just got excited. I don't understand a word of Japanese. I just want to uh -huh. put that disclaimer up. 
but just their passion and how excited they got when Shigo Takagi got the one, two, three. Like it felt like a huge upset and a monumental win for him. So that that match is definitely worth going out of your way to see. Shingo's going to verse uh, Hiroki Goto in the next round, but you're also going to see Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. I know for folks like you in the UK, that's like the UK homage indie goat match. And yeah. Those two. And at your call a million times, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. I actually just saw their Red Pro match last year that uh, Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. gave five stars. That was incredible. So I know this match is going to be a classic, and you're also going to see Switchblade Jay White versus Hiroshi Tadahashi. So a lot of the big major players are still in the game. Uh, Great Okan defeated Tensuya Naito. Sonata defeated Tomori, to, Tomohiro Hichii. So a bunch of the big-time players are also been got the upsets in the first round. So it's a lot of interesting things going on. My prediction for the Final Four, I'll put it out here. Hang on, before you do that, Great Okan stays getting victories, doesn't he? <laughs> what dude, is going on? Dude, I thought he was going to beat Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Never Overweight title. So when he lost, I was like, oh, thank God. And then like the, a couple of days later, he beats Tetsuya Naito. I'm like, Naito, see ya. I, I swear, they don't put respect on Naito's name. Like they, they stay disrespecting Naito. Like, I'm a little bit upset, upset by it, but it is what it is. And th- that's why... I, I'm not saying Great Okan's going to make it to the to the finals. I've been hearing a couple of people saying that, that they're going to give him the big push. I hope not. I think the final four is going to be Evil and Shingo Takagi on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side, Will Ospreay and Jay White. Ooh, that's exciting for... Man, like, I mean, if you can ever watch New Japan... I mean, we, we've talked about it before where it comes to like the G1 or the Super J Cup, um, New Japan Cup, like they, they do tournaments so, so well. I mean, yeah. the Super J Cup is probably like the first thing I ever really knew about. Obviously, Wild Pegasus, that's Chris Benoit for anyone who doesn't know, um, winning winning it. I think I think he actually won the first one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that's where Jericho and people like that really made their names too. So um, it can be the birth of stars, but it holds a lot of great stars too at all of these competitions. Um, if you have to go stick your neck out, SB3, give us a winner. Uh, the winner of the tournament, I'm going with Will Ospreay. I thought when he lost to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, I know a lot of people were like, oh, why he lost? He just did the heel turn there. Usually you get a big loss at Wrestle Kingdom before you win a big tournament and get that push up the card. So I think that's what they're going to do for Osprey. I think they're going to really heat up the United Empire and get him the win here. And Osprey versus Abushi. Man, I've seen it at Wrestle Kingdom, and I can't wait to see it again. Let me ask you a question, SV3. Have you seen Soldier Boy today? I saw the tweet you put out there, and oh my god, I have, I have, I, I, you know the saying "in your feelings." Like yeah. that man was definitely inside out on his feelings. So. I mean, I literally can't quote like any of the video. Um, you know, we'd be up, this channel would be taken down in a heartbeat. Uh, but he's like, I can't take him seriously from a, a man who wears leather, leather pants. It's like leather thong <laughs> like, coming at Randy Orton. But this is an ongoing feud, right? Um, where Randy said yesterday, Who do I bill the burn to after like yeah. crucifying him to baby mamas and soldier boys? Like, I haven't even got kids. <laughs> Ah, he's like, what are you talking about? I don't even have kids. Um, so they, they just keep going at it. And it's obviously all spawned from uh, the F word, not the F word, the fake word yeah. um, that Soldier Boy threw at wrestling. And Randy Orton being the 20, 
what are we now? 2021. He's a no 19-year veteran in yeah. WWE. Wow. Um, you know, he weren't having it. Randy Orton doesn't play. All right. Um, so it's very interesting what's going on there. I, I actually, I, I suit. I really don't think it's an angle at all. Um, I, I think it is just them going back and forth. A lot of people were like, yeah, maybe it'll be cool. Like, no, nah, Randy Orton's just gone for him. Yeah, he was going for him at like 5 a.m. his time. Like 3, you know, 4 a.m. Um, it's so funny. Do you know what? Randy Orton followed me yesterday. That's oh, random. Really? Very random. Yeah, you know, you know, like when it pops up and I was like, ah, probably not Randy Orton. Oh, it is Randy Orton. Because oh, you get those all the time. I've had about 17 Alexa Blisters inbox me and go, thank you for being a fan. <laughs> Hey, fan. How yeah. are you doing? <laughs> I appreciate your support so, so much. Anyway, you got any money for me? What? <laughs> yes, there's a lot of those Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks accounts like that. It's a, it's a boatload of them. But yeah, this whole Soldier Boy and Randy Orton beef, it's something fun. It, it, Randy Orton on Twitter is always something fun, on any social media, whether it's his Instagram, seeing him he's have right. a good time with his family, whether it's on Twitter and he's talking trash to a Tommaso Ciampa, a Bow Wow, or a Soldier Boy. It's all in good fun. I I, I love to see it. I, I love Soldier Boy. He, he's a, he was a fan of Stone Cold The Rock. John Cena, who is from the same era as Randy Orton. I just want to mention that to him. In well, case he didn't Lesnar. know. Same class, who are all from the same period of time. Like, oh man, like I, I never, I haven't laughed that much at somebody playing a video game in quite some time. <laughs> Seriously, I, I should have loaded my tweet or the video into the system beforehand, but again, we would have got crucified for the language. But I do implore you to go watch it. I did post it on Twitter today. It is funny. Um, <laughs> switching gears, you know what we haven't said today, SP3? We haven't implored everyone to give us your ultra chats. Come on. That's on my bad. Uh, get to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. The modern mother herself will drop the uh, ultra chats to us and we will get them on screen. We will debate, we'll comment, we'll talk about it. I know we've got a couple there, so thank you so much to the guys that have dropped them in thus far. But please, um, Give us your hot takes. Give us your topics. If there's something you want us to debate, we will. And let me tell you this. SB3 and I have devised a list of 10 topics. Okay? 10. And in the coming weeks, again, when the, when it's going to start around the same time the guest co-host stuff does, right? We're going to do every Wednesday. The debate is going to be set in stone. You guys are going to get a chance to chime in ahead of time or come on and help us, whatever. Um, it's going to all be about these debates. And some of them, SB3, woo, they're doozies, aren't they? They're, they're hot ones. They're hot. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we just came up with another one. Uh, I just thought of it. for who, who was the biggest missed opportunity from the Ruthless Aggression era? I think that's, a, that's, a, that's one that would have a lot of different answers. And we kind of threw out a couple of different answers already. But that one would be one of you want to do it? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so just to be clear, right? Ruthless aggression. What are we saying? To 2002 to 06, 07? Yeah, I would say. I, I Maybe 08? Yeah, I, I could say ruthless aggression 02 to 08 when the PG era started. Right. Okay. Um, now, look, let me, let me get some out of the way here. I've said for the longest time that oh, people are going to crucify me, maybe. Billy Gunn is one of the most underrated, underutilized superstars ever, I think. In terms of talent, 
right? Like, I mean, the guy had the look. We all know that. He's got the size, athleticism. The guy was freakishly strong. I don't know if anyone remembers this. He was super, super strong. He could gorilla press nearly anyone. Yeah. Um, I think the problems lied in his promo work, typically speaking. Like, The Rock absolutely cooked him back in 1999, and everyone remembers that. Dear God. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember what the exact line is now, but he's like, uh, how are you, Bob? He's like, my name's Billy. Oh, it doesn't matter what your name is. Um, but yeah, The Rock basically ended him. His, his main event push was was done. Um, but I do think they could have done more with him, right? You can work around that stuff. He could have been a bigger player. Um, and it's a shame that he wasn't. I guess the other ones on the table, we're talking about Biggest Mist. Mr. Kennedy's got to be in that discussion, right? Because they had plans for him time and time again, and injuries got in the way. We're talking money in the bank, being Vince's son. That's two, like, career-altering things that didn't ultimately happen for him. So he's got to be, like, really up there in our top four straight away, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely in that conversation for sure. When you say missed opportunities, ruthless aggression, I think everybody and and their mama would think of Mr. Kennedy. And Carlito is another one. And their mama. And their mama. (laughs) Um, Mr. Kennedy is another one. One that I want to mention is someone that's been in the in the news a lot because they did they missed out on their opportunity in that time frame. Another company took advantage of it, and then when he came back, they was like, you know what? Your former partner, best friend, got injured. Why not? Let's just give you a bone. But in the ruthless aggression era, Christian was a huge missed opportunity. That's right. I've said this on a few podcasts this week. Like 2005, Christian, when he really put the Captain Charisma character together, because 2003, it kind of started there. And then, you know, he had the CLB going on at that same time. But after the whole rivalry with Chris Jericho, he started to kind of put the whole character together. He had the the problem solver, Tyson Tomko, by his side. He was feuding with John Cena from, like, January all the way to the summer. And he was getting bigger reactions than John Cena, who they were grooming as the next guy in the company. He could have been a top heel. He could have been a top baby face at that time. He was a huge missed opportunity in 2005 specifically. But my number one biggest missed opportunity and, you know, missed opportunity, it could be by a lot of things. You know, Mr. Kennedy, it was injuries that kept him away from there. Carlito, it was backstage problems. And with this person's situation, I think it was a little bit of backstage issues mixed with just horrible timing on an angle. Muhammad Hassan. Muhammad Hassan was a huge missed opportunity. He could have been the top heel in the entire promotion, especially during that time with the character that he had. Some of the best heel work was him against Shawn Michaels, him against Hulk Hogan. In 2005, I was already done with Hulk Hogan. It was before, (laughs) before I heard him on tapes. I was already done with Hulk Hogan, but he made me interested in a Hulk Hogan storyline at that time. Muhammad Hassan was hot as a character, so I would put him in the conversation for the biggest missed opportunity of the Ruthless Aggression Era.
I hear you. All right. Uh, I'm not like going to flat out deny that. Um, he definitely had some steam momentum at one point, and they, you know it's been said a million times. Well, he said it. In fact, they were grooming him for the world title, even though Bruce Pritchard's like, I don't know about that, but let's be honest, it looked like they were. Even when he got switched over to Raw, I thought he was going to like. You know, he did the thing with Kurt Angle for a while, yeah. and I thought you know he was like plugged into the Cena Angle rivalry, and I was like, okay, well, he's hanging around the top, and then he just went away. Um, it just he was good. But like, are we more like remembering the character as opposed to the performer? Because I would argue that they were better. Like, you know, when you say Christian and then you move to Muhammad Hassan, I feel there's some detachment there. That's just oh, me. Well, well, Christian, he was like a. That's why I mentioned him first because he was the total package. He's in the that top they, four. Yeah, like, they, they, he's they in totally, there. they totally missed out on that opportunity overall. Like character, mic work, in ring work, Christian had it. As far as like character, though, I think that no one was hotter as a heel character during the ruthless aggression era, and they kind of missed out on the opportunity to do more with them than Muhammad outside. That it yeah. really came down to that to that London bombing angle on the on the, the the basically the same night that they had that that whole situation. They did that angle with the Undertaker, and that totally killed his his push and his career. Like straight down it was over like i never i don't think we have another example like that is in the ruthless aggression era or possibly there's not that many in the history of wrestling where one angle totally killed an, <laughs> an entire career like that yeah and the thing is like that's probably the last like anti-american gimmick like, i know rusev did it and we've had different stuff but that's probably the last one that was like legit super hot like yeah. and of course the climate of the world at that point all played into that so i think it was almost like what made him so great was all was also what put the ceiling on him do you know what i mean like because wwe didn't really have the balls to go all in on it and you would have had to have some serious balls to go in all in on it yeah. terrorism at that time like let's remember right so He's a victim of that, but I do think that, you know, that, that shouldn't have defined him. They should have got another chance. They should have done something else with him. And unfortunately, they just kind of went, no, that's it. We give up. Um, so I do think that's incredibly harsh. Carlito, again, we, we just touched on him. What you recurring themes of Carlito are that he just didn't care that much. Like, he's really good. Probably cared when he was in the ring, but backstage, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be going out of his way to do more. And, you know, we all remember the Ric Flair promo where he tore him to shreds which is like semi shoot right yeah. that that is so it's uh it's one of those things where he probably didn't help himself he had the talent i, I mean there was another time where carlito was red hot right like everyone was digging carlito same with chris masters i, I only go to chris masters because they were tagging yeah. for a while chris masters was another guy right um i mean the look jesus christ that was just like insane um but at the same time I didn't think he was as, like people kind of make out as if he was an awful worker and just had a look. He, he wasn't bad, no. not bad at all. Um, and and you know the the master lock challenge that was over like Rover as well at one point. Yeah, yeah, and he was like a throwback at that time, like using the master lock, just his look. And at that time when he came in, that was the look WWE was was going for. And another person that I feel like they could have done more during that period of time, Bobby Lashley. I feel like they. Yeah. They forced a, a, a round peg into a square hole by trying to place him in ECW. When you had CM Punk just sitting there, that's the guy that you put this ECW brand uh, behind. But 
they decided, oh no, Bobby Lashley's here. We're not going to push him on SmackDown because we got Batista. We got Cena on Raw. We need him for ECW to match up with the other two. I get that line of thinking, but it really hurt his career at that time. It's like I said this, right? We've said this on the show. He it took way too long for Bobby Lashley to get a world title. Like people, I don't want to make this a race thing, but like Brock Lesnar, the sight of him was like, oh my god, it was like the biggest special attraction of all time straight away. This is before yeah. he went away and did what he did in UFC. Bobby Lashley, maybe even more impressive physically. You could make that case. So why wasn't he treated the same? Like you can't go, well, Brock was better on the mic. Well, no, he wasn't. Like, do you know what I mean? It I'm not making any accusations here, but I just feel like Lashley should have been thought of in that same realm. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. Like that was the first comparison that I made to Bobby Lashley. When, as soon as I, I saw him debut, I was like, he's the black Brock Lesnar. He's doing the, the hop up. He's kind of wearing similar, similar tights to him. So that's, that was the, my initial comparison. Like I've been wanting this dream match for over 15 years now. And just at that time, ruthless aggression, it just seemed like they really didn't know what, how to use Bobby Lashley. Like, they used the the example of Brock Lesnar and didn't want to give him too much too soon because they got burned by Brock Lesnar. And I think that because of that with Brock Lesnar, it kind of hurt Bobby Lashley at that time. Yeah, I'm just going to parlay back to Christian quickly because um, I think everyone knows, like, I'm a big Christian guy. Like, it's just well established. So I don't need to go too deep on this because everyone knows I agree. But in uh, 2003, I remember he was kind of finding his feet after the, you know, he had a tag run with Jericho in 02. They did the Un-Americans, which actually were quite a hot group for yeah. a little while. Um, <laughs> it's the most box standard name, Un-Americans. Um, but, you know, in 2003, he kind of became Rock's sidekick for like a few weeks uh, around the Goldberg stuff, led into the Goldberg stuff. And then, you know, he obviously was paired up with Jericho again. And then we got the Trish stuff and Tyson Tomko. It was there was like a while where he was finding his feet, but he was always entertaining, always putting on great matches. Um, I always felt he was like when you look at the that tag team era, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, let's put the APA in there as well. Okay, Ron Simmons already been a world champion, JBL goes on to be a world champion, Edge goes on to be a multi-time world champion, Jeff Hardy goes on to be a multi-time world champion, Barbara Ray goes on to be a world champion in another company, but you know, still had a valuable career. And Devon is again like Devon on Christian who many people have cited as like the brains behind that whole era, by the way, yep. in terms of putting the matches together, are like the odd ones out. And, 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 I, and I, Matt, Matt's another one. Like the well, three the three that were kind of the brains of putting together those matches yeah. are the ones that kind of didn't get the success as the others. And it's funny. Well, obviously, Matt went on to be a world champion in Impact, yeah. uh, ECW world champion as well. Um, so he had a degree of success that probably goes above those two at that point maybe, uh, maybe that's not fair actually at the time we're talking about christian anyway yeah but coming out of it i always thought there should have been so much more for christian i was like i can't understand why but again this is probably wwe logic and they're like you know we're already doing this or you know he's a good hand i hate that phrase where it's like you know well we can't push him too hard like a Dolph ziggler you know we need him to make other one other guys look good anyway um here's what i wanted to say to you what's the goat christian theme Oh man, I mean, Christian, I lost your own. Oh, your own. Your I love that. I love that. But, but I, I just have a fondness, not the, not the male version when he came back, but the female singing it. 
and you truly feel like I, 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 like I used to bat, I used to, to to belt out those notes with her. Like that, that's my that's my personal favorite. But yeah, Christian at last year on your own is very close. Like that's so the thing good. that when so you say Christian, I immediately think of. Yeah, uh, and I loved it as well. It had like the the draping fireworks and stuff. God, that was great. Um, yeah, like, do you know what? I like the original You Think You Know Me as well. I know that yeah. um, like the You Think You Know Me is kind of synonymous with Edge's theme now, but the original one for their tag team was a great track. Sorry, with, them, with them walking with the with the yeah. walk. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Christian never really had a bad theme. Like As soon as I heard his theme on Sunday, I was like, wait, that's the TNA Christian theme. I heard the dun, 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 and then I saw the countdown. I was like, that's Christian. Yes, it's Christian. I was I popped for that because his TNA theme was even quality stuff there. Yeah, I just used to love it though. Like the most basic guitar riff in the history of the world, but it was so good. I love I love the bridge. And on the Titantron, it had like mind masks and shit. <laughs> why it was so good so so good uh anyway we've loved christian enough um we have to make a top four uh christian and kennedy like kennedy's in but them two are like surefires to me um is there a woman around that time that maybe should have had more i actually feel like mickey james came out and did amazingly but yeah. you could you know jazz was a dominant champion as well um victoria Victoria. I mean, she was a champion. Though. She was a champion, but yeah, a good champion long, for a while. But she was there for a long time without, like, I, I, I think she was a champion after the original Trish feud in two thousand two. But I don't really remember it. Like that's that's yeah. why I, that's why she's the first one that I think of when I think of like women in the ruthless aggression era that should have gotten more that did. And then she went to like TNA and won the knockouts title like three times in like a yeah. year. <laughs> I mean, I do remember the thing with Trish, like, because Trish was just taking a beating for ages. Like, yeah. she really did, did sell up her. And, and I, when I think of Victoria, I think, I, I hate to keep singing, all the things you said, all the things you said, running through my But then do you remember when they gave her the, the face turn? They just yeah. gave her the most upbeat, like, electro music out of nowhere. She was just coming out like, hey. I was like, what, yeah. what happened? She, what happened? she ain't nothing to mess with. Yeah. <laughs> Like, wow, what's, what's happening here? Um, yeah, that was WWE's way of going, you should like her now. Come on, you can hear the music, like her. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think she accomplished a fair amount. That's what I'll say on that one. Um, oh, Gail Kim. Gail Kim is 1000% in my top four now that you've said that. Um, when you actually look at the body of work that she did outside of WWE, like with Awesome Kong, Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous to think that WWE couldn't have utilized that. So we've got Christian, we've got Gail Kim, we've got Mr. Kennedy. So we've got names like Bobby Lashley, Carlito, Chris, Chris Masters, Mohammed Hassan. That's a lot, man. WWE yeah, had a lot of fumbles. Um, um ooh, you know which one I just thought of? And I don't know if he should really count because he came towards the latter of the Rufus Aggression era. And maybe he might be more closely assigned with the PG era. But man, he was the great monster heel, Umaga. Yeah. I mean, um, um, I feel like they could have they gave him a tighter run. 
They yeah, could have more with not, not could have, should have. Uh, <laughs> the, the 0-7 with Cena, put it on him. Absolutely yeah. should have done. He was hot. Um, he he was part of three-minute warning, right, originally. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad that they reinvented him and he did get a WrestleMania, like, you know, all-time WrestleMania match with McMahon, Trump. Yeah. So he he should have had more. He could have been more. Um I'm just I'm just thinking out loud in terms of like he did accomplish a fair amount considering like imagine he just had his career as like Jamal. Jamal, yeah. <laughs> that's when we'd be going, wow, like how the hell did they but to me to their credit, they did, you know, reinvent him, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they just they still should have done more of him though. Um yeah, I mean there's a lot in that period really that we could go on. Um yeah, Shelton Benjamin. He he Ooh. You know, he's a guy who in 04 they were pushing him quite hard. I remember he, I think he beat Michaels on Raw or Triple H. No, he beat Triple H on Raw. Yeah. Uh, Three three times in a row. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I'm thinking, wow, they're going somewhere here. Like, Silton Benjamin's still a great worker, but wow, what an athlete he was then. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the Minnesota stretching crew with Lesnar. Um, and it's, I, I, I just felt like they could have pushed him to the moon, but, they, you know, they gave him his mama. <laughs> I have fond memories he, of he was, mama. Come on, he was dealt a bad hand. Come yeah. on, he was. He was. He was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Shelton. Shelton could could definitely be one that I would say deserves the the four spot for sure. Mm. I mean, again, though, I mean, he was pretty. He had the tag titles in the Intercontinental. Ah, it's hard. Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you man, because I, you know, there's Gail Kim. So, so. If you want Muhammad Hassan, if you want it. This is your time. I, I'm going for it. I'm going for Muhammad Hassan. Like we got, we got Christian was more the total package. Gail Kim represents the the ladies. Mr. Kennedy probably was the one that injuries just kind of robbed it away from him. And I think Muhammad Hassan represents like the character work that he was just on top, and they could have be- had him become champion, and nobody would have even brushed. So. Yeah, I tell you what, um, who I think's been dealt a bad hand in recent memory, and that's Fandango. Because people look at him, like Johnny Curtis is really good. He's a good looking guy, great shape, lots of charisma, and they made him Fandango. That's that is like, I just want you to think about that in isolation. His hot tags are great. Anyway, let's get to the ultra chats um, that we have awaiting us right now. Thank you so much, guys, for them. Chris Petrue says, Hi, Alex and SB3. Regarding the Hall of Fame, what are your guys' thoughts on having Stu Hart go in? Even though he was Stampede and not WWE, I feel like he was highly influential to the business and trained legends in the Hart Dungeon. Thanks, and hashtag Wrestling Daily life. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Look, Justin Thunder Liger's going in. All he did was face Tyler Breeze. So um, I, I think they do acknowledge, well, they certainly do in recent memory, acknowledge people outside of WWE and their contributions to the business. Um, you have to... You said it yourself there, the Hart Dungeon. That, that speaks volumes. There are dozens, not just like Brett and Owen Hart and, you know, Anvil and all of that. The, all of that, right? You've yeah. got your Jericho's test. Uh, Mark Henry went through there. Chris Benoit. Like, there's a lot of different guys who went up there and trained um, and made their way back down. So I think you, you have to respect it. You have to. And he's a legend, man. Like, so, yeah. Absolutely. Landstorm, uh, Brian Pillman. So yeah, Stu Hart, Stu Hart's legacy in professional wrestling 
is endless and he deserves any recognition that he gets. And I believe, yeah, I think he, he, he was inducted into the, into the hall of fame. But like you said, like I said um, earlier in the show, they have a few people that they kind of take outside of what they did in WWE, WWF, the Vern Gagne is in the, in the hall of fame, the, the fabulous free birds outside of Michael P.S. Hayes didn't do much in WWE. They're in the hall of fame, the Vaughn Eric's like, yeah, there's there's a there's a few throughout the history, and that's what bolsters up a lot of these Hall of Fame classes. Because if it was just on WWF careers and WWE success, I don't think the Hall of Fame would be as big as it is. Well, yeah, that's it. There has to be expanded. Like you know, Jim Crockett Jr. Yeah, he's another I, one. Should be if he isn't. Um, I'm assuming he isn't, but um, no, he should be absolutely. Like he, you know, his his booking and. The promotions he ran in the mid eighties to late eighties, you know, we've already been over this. The influence he had that eventually would be WCW and you know, Sting, people like that. Yeah, Jim, Jim Crockett's your guy, Jim Crockett Jr. Um, let's keep moving along here. Uh, John Tracy, hey John, hey guys, why can't the UKF team get Rhea going? It's taking forever. She's a big time talent and sitting on the bench. It's not like Raw is exactly awesome. Cheers from Brooklyn, gents. Oh, Brooklyn's hey. in the three. There you go. Um, Chris G is going to light one up for you right now, brother. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's that they can't get it going. It seems like they've got a plan now and they're waiting, I guess. You know, that's what happens when you're doing the teases. If they if she debuts and they have nothing for her, then I'm on your side. But yeah. it, it strikes me that they're getting through whatever they've got going on now. Presumably Charlotte, um, you know, and Oscar's out of action at the moment. Makes it hard as well. I do think Rhea Ripley will be plugged in straight at the top for WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see her kind of get inserted into what seems to be shaping up to be Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, I think that those two ladies can tear it up and have a great match, but it doesn't have the intrigue or the interest in it on the way to WrestleMania. But inserting Rhea Ripley there would definitely bring that and would give the fans, you know, someone they can truly root root for because they can root for Asuka, but as we've seen, the booking does not support our support of Asuka. So mm. they, they can find a new person to rally behind in Rhea Ripley. Uh, Matty the Hot Scott says, Hey, Alex Nestry 3, how are you? I am loving the Impact AEW stuff. Kenny at Rebellion will be so good. We didn't even talk about this. Yeah. Uh, SB3, what do you think of Revolution? Also, I'm so happy for Molly Holly. She deserves it so much. SB3, it's impression time for you. Can you introduce today as Rusev Day? Uh, so first of all, before we have SB3 give you his, what will have to be brief thoughts of Revolution um, and the impression, Yes, Kenny Omega will challenge the winner of Moose and Rich Swan from Sacrifice at Rebellion, I believe. Is it is it April? Saturday, April 24th. Right. So there you have it. It's going to be for the combined Impact TNA world title. Uh, I don't know if that's what they're doing with it, but because yeah. I know Rich Swan was asking for it. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be the belt collector is, in fact, going on the lookout to add to his AAA and AEW world titles. Man, it could be a momentous landmark moment for wrestling. It really could. Um, it's going to be amazing. SB3, I don't know if you saw my impression of Rusev Day yesterday, but you just have to say, today is Rusev Day, uh, and give it your best, uh, and then get into revolution. Today is Rusev Day. Good. 
very good. Louis, Louis, Louis is crap in his pants about the end of the week. He, he bought, he bought it yesterday. He bought it hard. Uh, Revolution, what do you think, man? I thought the pay per view was great. Uh, there was a lot of great stuff on the card as well as good stuff. Of course, everyone's gonna be talking about the ending. The ending was a dud. It was one of the, the biggest botches. Like this was this was AEW's botchamania wrestle crap moment. And this this it, it happened in a big way. So uh, I I think that all the criticism for that is due and well deserved. But it shouldn't take away from the great stuff that they did throughout the show. I thought the bar the exploding barbed wire death match was fantastic. I thought Christian came through on the Hall of Fame uh, mystery or whatnot. But I think AEW learned an overall uh, message because out of all their surprises on the night, the best one was Maki Ito. Ma mm -hmm. Maki Ito. And they just learned that it's best to under under hype and over deliver instead of over hype and under deliver. And I think that that's why people reacted to Christian the way they did. That's why people reacted to the exploding barbed wire death match. Even the explosions during the match, people were like complaining about it. But it's because they kind of overhyped those things. So I think that's the lesson for AEW. Although, you know, uh, Tony Khan did say it's one of the, I think it might be their best ball pay per view ever. So, you know, it might have done the trick. I know long term that maybe isn't the best strategy, but Ethan Page as well. Yeah. I love I, I love seeing Ethan Page. He deserves a lot of a lot of credit, and I, I think he's going to get the spotlight that he truly deserves that he didn't get in Impact. I think he's going to get it here. So I'm looking forward to his Dynamite debut against Big Shotty on uh, tonight. Big Shotty, indeed. Uh, I look forward to it too. Um, Benny Boy says a few weeks ago. Everyone was happy to see Christian back and wanted him to have one final run. Then the last few days, all I've seen from the majority of comments on posts about him, he's now old and broken down and ha he's a has-been that can't wrestle. It's sad. It is sad because you won't find that malarkey here with myself and SB3. And basically, and I'm not like making a divide here of like people who know about wrestling or don't, but anyone with a brain in the wrestling industry, particularly the performers, everyone loves Christian. Everyone celebrates him being, you know, the, the esteemed talent that he is. And why, why not? Why can't he have a last run? He's not broken down. He looked great in the rumble. Why not SB3? He looks like he's in the best shape of his entire life. So I don't get all this, uh, Heat, uh, ageism going on in the wrestling world. Tonight's business, man. Yeah. It is like, like it's ridiculous. Like when, when the the reason, and I and I hate the whole. Oh, if WWE done it, you would have complained about it. The difference between WWE and AEW is that the AEW got young people on the roster. Like, there's one person under 25 years old on the main roster of WWE, Dominic Mysterio. So fans are going to be upset when Goldberg walks in at 54 and gets a shot at the WWE Championship because you don't have younger stars and you're just pushing the nostalgia. When you do have younger stars like an MJF, a Jungle Boy, a Darby Allin, then it's okay to bring in guys like Christian, like the Big Show, like Sting, to help those guys get more name and get more eyes on them. I don't understand why this is a difficult thing to comprehend for some fans. Yeah, it's um, I, I don't think they're there's another argument as well like they're, they're basically becoming tna they're not oh, they're really yeah. not they're really not but anyway you know like i said the balance in aw's roster is about as good as you could hope for there's a lot of great young talent there so i think 
you know, having experience and name value, that only helps the show and the talent. You know, why is there a certain cutoff in age that you can't enjoy someone? That's fucking weird. Um, anyway, moving along from that, thank you for that, Benny boy. Uh, Bo Hill, here he is. Um, going off topic today, uh, who, who do you think is the best female movie protagonist? Wow, and why is it Ellen Ripley from Alien? Um, you got me. I mean, you, it's not something I thought about great length. I've got to tell you. He's wrong, though. The best okay. female antagonist on, on, on the big screen or the small screen, three simple words or four simple words. It was Agatha all along. That's the best. That's the best antagon, female antagonist. Agatha. Catherine uh, Hahn from WandaVision. Best female antagonist ever. Everyone is loving Wonder Villain. Uh, Wonder, Wonder Villain, Wonder Vision, right now. Um, the next one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Matt, I, I don't even know how to answer that, man. Um, you know, it's uh, it's that's a fair take. Both of you have made fair takes. Uh, Dion says, Alex, everyone has brains. Uh, some people just don't use them, which is done unless they are zombies. I love zombie games. There's a little fact for everyone there. Last of Us, great series. Um, Dying Light, great series. Get at me if you guys play those games. Anyway, we have to wrap it up. My kids are literally about to come home. My missus has strategically kept them out. I thought we were going to get a run in. You know, one day I'm going to let everyone see the, the 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 next generation of McCarthy's taking over my house, but not today. Uh, because SB3 and I are departing. SB3, tell everyone what you're up to, man, and where they can find you. Uh, you can find me over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. whole bunch of great content coming up this week, including my interview with Georgia Smith, the daughter of the British Bulldog. We talk about how she found out about his Hall of Fame induction and what she thinks about the current wrestling industry. So check that out. That'll be up on the channel tomorrow. Absolutely. Make sure you do that. Support SB3. And while you're at it, Wrestling Daily has a Twitter page now. Rest Daily. Go and follow that, man. You'll, you'll know all of the stuff before we do it. We've got a lot of exciting plans coming up, be it special co-host debates, uh, merch. There is a lot. There is a lot in the pipeline. Uh, we have meetings this week, so please stay tuned and you will know more about it then. Until then, I'm back with the hot take machine, the ultra chat queen, Steph Chase. She'll be here at 8pm to discuss all things Wednesday night before Louis returns on Friday. So until then, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.